That's Lauren. And that's Lachlan. And this is We Accidentally Vaporize Our Podcast. Each episode, we're going to reread a chapter of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, and talk about it. It's a deep dive analysis, so it's a little bit more complex than just talking about it. Okay, fine. There's no need to go all daughter of Athena on me. Either way, grab your nectar and ambrosia and settle in for this episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. I am once again Lauren. And I'm Lachlan. And thank you for joining us for episode 13. We're going to read chapter 13. I love how the numbers match. It's so I, wanna, I just want to point out real quick how special it is that we are recording episode 13, the day that Fearless Taylor's version comes out. And as we all know, her lucky number is 13. So I feel like we are blessed today. We are truly blessed. We are. I listened to, I listened to the whole album. Mm-hmm. I have not, uh, that's a lie. I listened to all of the original album. I have not gotten to the uh, From the Vault yet. Oh. Um, I was playing Stardew Valley and listening. And then I looked at the time and realized I need to read this chapter. I am going to listen. I'm going to wait until like very late tonight. And I'm going to turn my like fairy lights on because that just creates a vibe in my room. And like, I remember I was, when I set up my room for junior year, that was around when Lover came out. And so I just listened to Lover like 2 a.m. in my room, like dancing on my bed, just like vibes. So I'm going to recreate that tonight and I'm looking forward to it a lot so I haven't I haven't listened to it yet aside from the early release songs yes I I really liked it I thought it was very very good from what I've listened to um Mm -hmm. I was also very you know how like on Spotify you can see what other people listen to Mm -hmm. I can see that one of our mutual friends was listening to it and she was listening to it on shuffle and I almost texted her like you're hurting me please stop no if you're going okay rule for everyone out there listening if unless it's a playlist or it's a bunch of random songs if you're choosing to listen to an album you have to listen to it in order i don't want to see any of you out there on shuffle listening to a whole album that is disrespectful to everyone involved it is there's a reason why the songs are in that order and you got to respect that exactly sort of like how podcasts there are reason that they're in the order they they're in Mm -hmm. Please don't listen to this in the wrong order. Um, <laughs> or we'll come for you. <laughs> or we'll come for you. Um, so right, so I ho- hope you enjoy the Taylor Swift podcast for a few minutes. <laughs> let's yes, talk let's... about Percy Jackson. Yes. And Lachlan, as you so helpfully pointed out last episode, I did not remind you mm-hmm. of your job. So here <laughs> I am reminding you of your job it's like a segue for the listener you got to provide that nice segue being the leader of the episodes now fine fine (laughs) but anyway yeah so summary for chapter 13 i plunge to my death our golden trio travel significantly further than you would think possible for the amount of money that they have annabeth insists on some sightseeing they break the number one rule when dealing with any situation that's potentially threatening. And of course, things go very, very wrong, culminating in, in my opinion, the most dramatic and intense chapter ending we've had yet. And there you go. That's what I got. That's all I could do without like spoiling things or causing you to want to go no, on tangent. That was, that was good. I, I really appreciate you mentioning like the they broke the number one rule. Yes. Um, the number because, one rule. Yes. I... <laughs> I play Dungeons and Dragons and that's like the one thing that we always talk about like don't split the party don't split the party mm-hmm. we, we split the party pretty often 
Um, yeah. No, no, you don't do it. But we'll get more into that once we get to that part of the chapter because we're going to do things yes. in order on this podcast. Never anything. Sure, else. we are. <laughs> sure, we are. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it says that they're on the they're on the Amtrak for two whole days and they weren't attacked, but. Percy's a little freaked out by that. He feels like things are watching them, which I can get on board with that. I feel like there's definitely creatures, gods, other things keeping an eye on their progress. And, and when he looks out the window, he sees oh, not, centaur. Not yet, not yet. That is oh, I'm sorry, but that was there was a segue there. It, it could have been. It could have been, but we got to talk about the news article first. There was a segue there. We the could have jumped article. ahead for a half page. Mm, no. I refuse because <laughs> you would call me out when I messed it up. So, no, I don't because I don't notice <laughs> it enough. <laughs> anyway, so on um, one of the newspapers that Percy picks up before they leave New Jersey, there's a photograph, the photograph that the tourist took after the Greyhound bus fiasco. And because of the mist, it looks like instead of a sword, Percy has either a baseball bat or a lacrosse stick. And the caption on the picture is talking about how Percy accosted some elderly female passengers on the bus, causing an explosion on New Jersey roadside shortly after he left the scene. And it's believed that he's traveling with two teenage accomplices and Gabe is offering a cash reward. So not a lot there, but it is important to note that the mortal police are still looking out for them. And I love the idea of the entire world ending because they get arrested by mortal police and therefore can't finish the quest. Oh, that would be, I'm just picturing like Kyron like coming to bail them out of jail or something. <laughs> yeah, and he Kyron doesn't know like, how to deal with like mortal police. So they just get, he just gets really angry. They throw him into, which have to keep going yeah. down the line of people coming to bail more and more people out of jail. Uh, and then Annabeth is like, this is why I'm in charge of camp. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the the kids of Hermes are like, wait a minute, you want us to come and break you out of jail? Yes, we do. Oh, this is the best day ever. Yes. Yeah, I think they would have a lot of fun with that. But I think it's just yeah. a fun thing to keep in mind is that there are still some regular real world problems that they might have to deal with at some point. Yeah. There's some normal people All, still after them with everything. My note for that, my note for that scene was just the fugitive. Um <laughs> great movie such I a great movie not seen it you have not seen it no oh my gosh have you seen um john mulaney kid i think it's kid gorgeous yeah uh, i'm sorry there's a bus outside my window and it's hot so i have my windows open and didn't close this time um i think it's kid gorgeous but at the end of the uh thing he just goes on like a whole rant about how when he had met Bill Clinton, it was in the same ballroom that they'd filmed the, one of the scenes from The Fugitive. Oh, and he just yeah. starts like explaining the whole movie. Yes. Oh. No, I, I, I watched that a few years ago, but yes, I remember that now. But so there you go. Fugitive reference, everybody. Everyone should watch The Fugitive. <laughs> yep. So they're sitting on the train. And like you said, he sees a family of centaurs outside and no one else notices because they have their faces buried in laptop computers and I think that phrase laptop computers really dates this book because no one everyone just says laptops now or just computers don't even really specify the difference between them it, anymore it's weird how I don't even think of like oh I have a laptop like it's not like 
I know that a laptop is a computer, but I'm also like, my laptop is not a computer. Yeah. Well, I feel like at this point, we call it more, it's desktop and computer, I feel like is how we talk about them more now. Yeah. And unless you're like doing something specific, that sounded weird. But unless you have like a specific thing in mind, like gaming or video editing or filming Mm -hmm. or streaming or something. Or a specific job. Or a specific job, you're, you have a laptop. Like, yeah, my laptop works fine. Sure, sometimes it has a mild freak out and then I have to like talk it down from a panic attack, but most of the time it's fine. Yeah. And me know nothing about computers. I think of them as pretty interchangeable. I imagine people screaming at me right now, listening to this, hearing me say that. But I just, I write papers, I submit assignments, I go to Zoom class, and that's about it. That's what I do on my, my computer, which is a laptop. <laughs> I played Stardew Valley today very fun very fun yeah let's keep a track everyone of how many times she mentions that on this episode we're already at two right now oh I did oh my god I'm sorry (laughs) I didn't realize that no I love it I love it so much all right my short-term memory isn't what you would call good (laughs) yes and Percy also sees a lion but it can't be a lion because those aren't wild in America but the thing was the size of like a Hummer vehicle and so I want everyone to remember that because because that's going to come back around in two books. If you, if that's you know a spoiler. That it's eh, and not not in a way, but just. So they were able to purchase tickets as far as Denver. Um, <laughs> and New Denver Jersey to Denver. Still, Denver is still a thousand miles from LA, according to Google. But the fact that they got that far for three people on 200 bucks that's that's a little ridiculous I'm sorry and the idea that he says we only had enough to get to Denver what do you mean only you should have only gotten to Illinois maybe yeah maybe not even seriously (laughs) but they so they they can't afford the sleeper car so they just (laughs) have seats and they're just sleeping in them who knows what they're eating or what they're doing or anything Mm-hmm. um Grover Percy is like sitting next to Annabeth um so he's trying not to drool on her I Grover love apparently yeah Grover apparently moves in his sleep and knocks his fake foot off um <laughs> which I just find really funny of they're just having this mild freak out while everyone else is like has headphones in and staring yeah. at the window and they're just or like, I wonder what that would look like for someone who has who's looking through the mist like would it just look like a prosthetic foot that yeah, I think it would off, just look like, like you wouldn't really think about anything with that. Which I think would be even funnier. Like, imagine you're sitting on the train and these like three kids are next to you. One is asleep, and two others are frantically like shoving a prosthetic foot <laughs> into his leg. And you're like, are they having a weekend at Bernie's moment? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I, I haven't seen that, but I do get that reference because of how I met your mother. Thank you, thank you. Um, Annabeth decides, you know, let's bond. So does she, she really decide to bond or just force her into bonding? No, I think reluctant. she she starts the conversation when she reveals that she has been listening to him while he sleeps. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, how can he not if he's right there? She's probably watching true. him to see if he does drool so she can hold it over him again. Yeah. Um, so apparently he Percy has once again been dreaming about the evil voice in the pit asking him for help. Annabeth is like, what are you, who's asking you for help? Why won't you help them? What's going on? And Percy's like, uh. So he tells her everything because that's what Percy does. Someone asks Percy questions and he tells them everything. And then he asks them a question and they go, hmm. 
interesting. And <laughs> um, says that that doesn't sound like Hades. Hades usually appears in Black Throne, doesn't laugh. Uh, I, instead, I love that part where she says that Hades never laughs. I feel kind of sorry for him that he never laughs. I also love the fact oh. that this is like enough of a reputation. Like yes. he has a reputation for not laughing that 12 year olds at a summer camp on the other side of the country know <laughs> that he doesn't laugh. Yeah. Like you dream about someone laughing. Oh, that can't be Hades. No way. Yeah. He's not on his throne. He isn't being solemn and sad. No, not him. Yeah. Um, once again, they get into like a semantics uh, and talking about like, well, this doesn't make sense. And the problem is once you start thinking about one thing that doesn't make sense, everything about their quest starts to unravel. So Percy is deciding to avoid that mm-hmm. uh, that train of thought. Yeah, because he's saying that this person in the dream is offering Sally as a trade. And why would he be offering Sally if he already has the bolts? If he has the complete upper hand by having both items of importance, then what, what's the point of even offering a trade? It's a brings up the question again of, is it really Hades? And if not, then who else would it be? Exactly. Or is it Hades and then where's the bolt? Yes. So it, it's basically, yeah, it's a whole confusion. Or is this a complete thing. fake out just to lure them in and kill them? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And it's all like, yeah. And I mean, I, I agree with Percy here where like, I don't want to start thinking about this because if you go down this rabbit hole, all of a sudden you're doubting everything about this quest. And next thing you know, you're doubting Mm-hmm. for sending you on this quest for giving you all this information well maybe you should be doubting your father for sending you on this quest in the first place <laughs> or maybe, maybe you should be doubting the gods in general or maybe you should be doubting this or that and all of a sudden you're just like in this rabbit hole of like i can't trust anyone and all of a sudden you're thinking back to that prophecy um betrayed by the one who betrayed to, by one who calls you a friend yeah i like couldn't remember the exact wording but basically a friend yes. who betrayed so it, it's just like yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I want to bury this and never think about it again yeah. until I have to. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also hard when they're in the middle of it and they can't objectively step back and look at all the pieces. They can't just straight up go up and ask Hades, like, what's going on, my dude? You know, so. Yeah. And no offense to Percy, but I don't think he's, sometimes he's not the best at seeing the big picture. And Annabeth is just so blind to wanting to be on a quest that she's not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and they're and, trying and to consider it, but I think, I think it would help if Annabeth could have experienced the dreams herself because she has so much more knowledge about different things that she could have possibly put all of this together. But Percy only has two weeks and, and one class that he took from Chiron, so he's not going to be able to pick up on every yeah. reference that we look back later and you know it's going to be a lot more obvious. But for him in this moment, he doesn't have that knowledge to be able to figure things out sooner true but he had the best teacher in the world he did but he as we know isn't isn't like a super great student a lot of things are against him for that it's not his own fault it it is not but yeah um so annabeth getting back to the book annabeth says that um you can't barter with hades he's deceitful heartless greedy his kindly ones maybe weren't that aggressive this time and percy's like this time what do you mean have you encountered them before and she's like I'm not saying anything, but I don't really, I have no love for the Lord of the Dead. You definitely can't make a deal for your mom. Like, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. You Mm -hmm. can't do it. 
And Percy asked, what would you do if it was your dad? And she said, I'd leave him to rot. And I mean, personally, I, I feel that. You could say like, oh, it's her dad. She's got to love him no matter what. But it's like, that's not exactly true. Like there are definitely that some people, there are definitely some people in my life where I'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, I'd, I'd leave him. No, no problem for me. I, I mean, it's not like I have a list. You sound like I mean, you got a list. I'm not, I'm not saying I do. I'm saying it, it's just easily easily could make one up if the situation ever came i'm wondering if you'd leave me to rot and no oh no, no, no. no i'm not like lighthearted, like <laughs> nonchalant about this no certainly not no but i it's gonna sound terrible but if it's like if it's the world or like one person i don't know what i'd do it depends on who that one person is for me <laughs> and that's the problem it shouldn't depend yeah. on the one person it's yeah because the question isn't like it, sh- it shouldn't be this one specific person it should be any person or the world when you start getting into like special treatment for one person over one person over the world that's or like well I can't live without this one per- it, I don't know I get I mean I think we can get into that talk back around like Mark of Athena House of Hades once we get to those books we, we can come back to to this discussion I, of, of one, one person versus the world Oh, I think I screwed something up. <laughs> I and the problem is I can't tell. But well, it's um, not necessarily. I don't think here they're talking about one person versus the world. What Percy's saying is that he doesn't care if Hades is going to try to trick him. He still feels like he has to do this because of how much he loves and cares for his mom. And he's like, "Well, don't you feel the same way about your dad?" And by saying, "No, I, I don't feel that way. I don't think that." he would be worth the risk. And she does go into that a little bit more talking about their relationship, which which we can discuss now. But in this moment, what they're saying is Percy is willing to take the personal risk to go save his mom. And by extension, bigger things because of the quest that they're on. But saying like, no, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't risk it for him. All right, I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Yes. Um, yeah, so yeah. Annabeth does talk yeah, a little on. bit about her. Hmm? Moving on, yes. Continue. Yes, yeah, yeah. So Annabeth does talk about her dad a bit and says that he never wanted Annabeth around. He even asked Athena to take Annabeth back and raise her on Olympus. And can you just imagine a goddess raising a half mortal baby? <laughs> like, I don't think she would genuinely know what to do. She'd like forget that, oh yeah, you have to eat, right? Isn't that like Or she thing? would feed the baby, like like she'd give Annabeth way too much ambrosia because that's what they eat. And then she would just like yeah. spontaneously combust. Like it would not work out. And but so also a- like think about how much cool, how cool that would be. To like mm-hmm. explain to people like, oh, oh where, where, where'd you live? And she, she's just like Mount Olympus with my goddess mother. <laughs> uh, and like, this is going to sound terrible, but remember how like rude Annabeth was at the beginning? Like she would be so much worse if she had been she raised. wouldn't be able to help it i know nature versus nurture kind of thing there exactly nurture exactly. coming in strong but um so she says that she wasn't born in the normal sense she was carried to her father's doorstep in a golden cradle by zephyr zephyr the west wind so fancy stuff there <laughs> what a, like what a dramatic entrance and then he's like mm, what if you didn't though what if you just took her back up in a way yeah which is terrible yeah. um 
And when Annabeth was five, he got remarried. Her dad got remarried. He had a regular mortal wife, had two regular mortal kids, mm-hmm. and tried to pretend that she didn't exist. And yeah. basically, at best, neglected her. At worst, actually outright abused her. Yeah. Yeah. Or not, and, not actually outright, but like. But like emotional like, abuse. Like, like there's yeah. difference between like physical and emotional abuse, but like definitely yeah, some emotional abuse due to that lack of like love and support that people need to be able to thrive and so Percy like tries to help her out here and says like well I mean my mom married a pretty pretty terrible person but Grover said that she did it to protect me and like hide me and so maybe that's what he was thinking and Annabeth's like no no that is not the case for me like apparently like her stepmom treated her like a freak she wasn't allowed to play with her siblings and her dad agreed to whatever the stepmom said and whenever monsters showed up, they would blame it on Annabeth. And at least in the way she interpreted the situation was saying like, how dare you put our family at risk? And so she's like, okay, fine. I won't do that anymore. I will just leave. And that was when she ran away at seven years old. Just thinking like, she's just such a baby and is dealing with such serious stuff on her own. Cause you're also thinking like, we don't know at this point how much her dad told her about Athena when she was growing up. So we don't know how much she really understood of what was going uh, on. I'm assuming she he told her um, a little bit or a yeah. bunch because- Yeah, like, but we also don't know if he had the sight like Sally. So if, if he himself even fully understood the real danger. Yeah. And so she was trying to piece together what was going on around her. And Percy wasn't attacked by monsters. It seems like to the same extent that she was- as a child these repeated attacks that are putting her family at risk but they aren't like her fault like she's not like calling for the monsters come after her it's not something that she can control yeah and she just decides like okay well bye everybody i'll go figure it out on my own yeah no weapon which seems to be a constant theme for this crew she's just like okay i'll just i'm seven years old i can do it one of my one of my friends uh, told me the story once and it's one of my favorite stories about her because it fits her perfectly but apparently she was like seven or eight and she decided to run away um, she like you know packed a little bag with like you know nothing went out stood at the corner because she wasn't allowed to cross the street by herself <laughs> and then she went home <laughs> I just I love that got story. to the corner well can't do this I guess not allowed to cross the street by myself didn't think I'm running away. I'm already probably breaking a rule. Let's just keep going. Just exactly. So she went home. She was like, "Yeah, you know, my mom wouldn't let me have like chocolate one at night." So I was like, "I'll run away." Oh my god, that's hilarious. But yeah. So Percy brings up the great point of there's no way a seven year old could get to camp alone, and she's like, "No, Athena watched over me and guided me and helped me to meet a couple of unexpected friends who took care of me." For a short time, anyway. And Percy Which, doesn't. I mean, that's nice of Athena. And that's like, I know there are rules about like you can't interact with your kids, but like you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Athena was able to get around enough to help yeah. Annabeth out. Which yeah, so shows that, like, I guess she was, and she did give her a gift. So it's like she was watching, she was caring. So it's like kind of like well, the gods, some of the gods, hopefully, care, I guess, and they try in their own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Percy decides to not ask more about what happened to these friends or anything else because Amber seems 
to have a lot of sad memories that she's holding on to. So instead, he just listens to Grover snoring as they move on through Ohio towards Denver. Um, but sad. before they get to Denver, they pass through St. Louis. Yes, they Saint do. St. Louis. St. Louis. But important, I think, I honestly have no idea. Important note here, it says that it's now June 13th, eight days before their deadline. So quick date check-in. We're get, getting close. Yes. Um, so they get to St. Louis. You know, what a great place to be. <laughs> um, so they see the gateway arch which looks like quote a huge shopping bag handle stuck on the city which I love love that commentary Percy um, and Annabeth says that she wants to do that she wants to build something that's going to last a thousand years something permanent mm-hmm. and Percy's like really like you're gonna sit all day and like draw not only does he say that he laughs at her he laughs at his friend's dreams like that's not how you make friends percy especially if not already doesn't like you exactly and then she responds with athena expects her children to create things not just tear them down like a certain god of earthquakes i could mention oh and then anna's like i'm sorry that that was me and percy's like can't we work together i mean didn't our parents ever work together and anna says that the chariot her mom invented the chariot and her and his father created horses out of the crest of waves, you know, father horses. Um, so they can work together. So they had to work together to make complete. You can't have a chariot without, you know, the physical chariot and you can't have a chariot without the horses. Mm-hmm. Um, Though I do love the idea of Athena just creating the chariot, not initially thinking about what would pull it. And she just stands there looking at it, hands on her hips, like, well, what am I going to do now? <laughs> and then besides like, here you go, some horses. Yeah, how do you create something without figuring out how it's going to move? Yeah, I, I thought better of her. Yeah, it's not so wise, goddess of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have a three-hour layover before they, the train starts off again. Um, mm-hmm. Grover wants to get food, but Ambeth says that we're going sightseeing. Uh, this is her only chance uh, to get to the top, of the, to ride to the top of the Gateway Arch. So, I do love that they're on this quest. They've already been attacked several times on very dangerous things. And she's like, what if we just go sightseeing? Let's act like we're normal. Nothing big is happening. Sightseeing time, everybody. Exactly. <laughs> um, so they managed to like walk, I guess, from the mile from the station to the arch without getting lost. Mm-hmm. They went through the museum. Annabeth is like, telling them a bunch of facts about it and Grover is passing Percy jelly beans so he's like yeah this isn't that bad I just um, I love this idea of like Annabeth and Grover are the parents and she's like so excited about this like trip that like, we have family vacation that they're on and Grover's trying to keep Percy the young toddler like in line just by giving him food to keep him happy and content with the situation oh yeah I I, I love that um <laughs> Percy's and, like, Grover, are you smelling anything? And Grover's like, nah, it's just underground. Underground always smells like monsters. Probably doesn't mean anything. I'm like, well, that's not too helpful, unfortunately. Uh, and then Percy has this lovely, let's switch to a horror thriller vibe for a second. You know what it is? It's like, you know that like uh, screensaver on the DVD that like moves around? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden it just connected with the corner for Percy. And he's like, boom, I had a thought. You know, he did. He has, he has a really big brain thought here, and I'm proud of him for that. It's terrifying, yeah, it but he does have the it. Mood. 
oh yeah no. The mood. no I got like a physical feeling when I read this part like like a little bit spine chilly which is fun um so he says like you know the god symbol of power right and he says well Hades and Grover's like we're in a public space you mean our friend downstairs right and he's which like I, yeah. I love the sense that that's how they're referring to him yes like, it our, says yeah our friend I'm way downstairs I wonder if they have like code names for all the gods like Hades is our friend downstairs uh Zeus is our friend upstairs Poseidon is like our friend from you our know our beach bro our beach bro um maybe um Ares is our army bro uh Hades is that mechanic that we know um Demeter, Demeter is our weed girl uh, Festus Festus Demeter is our weed girl um <laughs> uh Athena is you know I don't know what you'd say for Athena um but I I love the idea that they'd yeah. like I feel like that would be a fun thing to do just like let's come up with code names mm-hmm. so that way we can refer and if anyone's listening in on their conversation they think they're part of the mob I mean aren't they though <laughs> kind of yeah they're part of the cult yeah definitely part of cult so so Percy says doesn't Hades have a hat like Annabeth's and she's like oh yeah you mean the helm of darkness I saw it next to a seat at the winter solstice council meeting so and that's the one time of year that he gets to go to Olympus also the darkest day of the year which my thought is wouldn't that give him more power when you want him to come to Olympus on like the brightest day of the year when he would have less power over you if you're really worried about him trying to take over which we know Zeus is because he's super paranoid but whatever, we'll, we'll let that go. We'll let that go. And Amba says that the helm is a lot more powerful than her invisibility hat. And Grover says it allows him to become darkness. He can melt into shadow and pass through walls. He can't be touched, seen, or heard, which is three of the five senses right there. Can he be smelled? But he can, and apparently he can be tasted. Oh, no. Um, oh, no, no. We're, we need to like delete that part out. I don't want to think about one who- that. You're the one who brought up the sentence. You're the one who went there, though. Okay. Says he can radiate fear so intense, it can drive you insane or stop your heart. And that's why all rational creatures fear the dark. And Percy's like, okay, that's cool. But how do we know he's not here right now watching us? And Grover's like, we don't. <laughs> yeah, so that's a scary thought. Yeah. Um, and Percy just decides to, like, ignore that and just think about blue jelly beans yep um, just eat some more jelly watch... beans and nothing can hurt you exactly did you ever watch uh dr hill no oh, okay no there's a there's a great episode about uh uh why we fear the dark um Ooh. uh it's called silence in the library oh i love that episode hey who turned out the lights oh, it's a great episode great two two it's a two-parter great two-parter mm. one of my mm. favorites so all right moving on <laughs> They get in the elevator. It's a very tiny car. It's a very tiny little elevator car. And like because the arch is curved, you have to like go off on a curve, which is like a scary thought. And I really want to do that one day. Oh, I um, you could not pay me enough money to get on there. They hop in with a uh, big fat lady, as she's described, and her dog, a chihuahua with a rhinestone collar, which is like, I'm not spending a rhinestone collar amount of money on my dogs. Like, no offense. I love my dogs, but they're not getting rhinestone collars. I see where they go. Well, you know, this was 2005. Maybe it was one of those as seen on TV, like bedazzle kits. Do you remember those? 
Yes. Like the super cheap fake gemstones and you like staple them essentially into the clothing. Yes, that sounds good. We, we had that. Fair. We made some cute bags. It was a great time. Nice. Uh, they do come up with a better lie this time when the woman asks, like, oh, your parents aren't with you. Annabeth says they're below scared of heights, which very good at lying. Yeah. So much better than saying the church care the not the church care the circus caravan let us go up here <laughs> the church caravan but i do also before we move on too far i do want to point out once again we are having discussions and descriptions of weight in a negative sense that makes me uncomfortable but i feel like it's important to point out again issues when they are here and not act like we're putting rick on a pedestal so i just want to point out once again we're having these descriptions of overweight characters in a way that's very unflattering and like really disappointing and very cringy to read it says that she had beady eyes pointy coffee stained teeth a floppy denim hat and denim dress that bulged so much she looked like a blue jean blimp I'm like do we need that though do we need her to be described in that way I'm sure if you really wanted to have her be of a larger weight there's a better way you could have written that yeah yeah um so the woman calls her dog sunny so percy asks oh is that his name and she says no um and i love the sentence after she smiled as if that cleared everything up yeah that's just the end of that conversation <laughs> just um, those three lines like, kill me every time but looking about at how like the rest of Percy's interactions have gone where he's like asked a question and people have been like no or just like moved on or it's pretty you know, par for the course exactly or you know it we have to eat at somewhere you know yeah with the uh, so Percy's probably like okay this is just my life now yeah um, and so they get up to the top and it's somewhat of a closed in space with just some small windows to look out of. And so Annabeth is walking around talking about the supports and what she would have done to make it better. Bigger windows, a see-through floor, which again, terrifying. But sure, Annabeth, you do you, girl. I just won't go I, up I, I, I would like to stand on a see-through floor one day. I feel like that would be really know. cool. Terrifying, but cool. <laughs> and Percy's like, she could have stayed up there forever. But luckily, the park ranger said that they're about to close in a few minutes, so they got to get everybody back to the elevators and back down. And so they all start to go towards the exit, and Percy puts Grover and Annabeth in the elevator, but there's not enough room for him. Classic conundrum, you could say. Oh, no. Oh, no. And the park ranger says, you'll have to get on the next one. Annabeth's like, oh, we'll get out. We'll wait with you. Percy's like, that's just going to make things more complicated. Just get in. And I'll see you down at the bottom. And here's that rule we were talking about. You never, never split, split the party. Yes. You never split the party. Yes. I mean, personally, I don't see how this would have messed things up more because Percy says that after the first elevator goes down, it's just him, a park ranger, two parents with a little boy and the woman and her dog so in theory if we're taking out annabeth and grover the parents could have gone in one of them holding the kid or i don't know it depends on if it's a weight thing or if it's like a distribution thing or if it's mm. just you can only physically have the or like for safety reasons only have four people yeah. because that would have put that would have meant that yeah percy if the two of them got out you could maybe put the woman in 
but the parents aren't going to split up and they're not going to leave the kid. So then yeah. you're going to have to send down two cars next. Mm-hmm. I mean, I personally would rather split up two adults than three clearly young people, but sure, whatever. True, Let's but they're not going to split up. They're yeah. not going to split up. Yeah. So Percy's up there on the deck. Grover and Annabeth have left and he smiles toward the woman and again several times here she's referred to as just the fat lady which again puts me off a lot there's yeah he calls the other people the parents with the child you could have just called her the woman with the dog there yeah especially because there's it's not like there's another person up there or another woman up there that you could have confused her with if they just referred to her as the woman yeah yeah or you could have called her the woman with a denim dress like exactly there are many many other descriptions that have been made and this just feels very very unnecessary so he looks over towards her and she smiles back at him with a forked tongue flickering between her teeth uh and at that point her chihuahua starts jumping up and down and yapping at him Mm -hmm. Uh, and she says a great line does this look like a good time we have all these nice people here which is oh what, what is this dog wanting to do yeah, no. out to find out the little boy is interested in the dog saying doggy look at doggy which like is what i would do yes so really oh, definitely. him his parents have the great idea to pull him back mm-hmm. uh, the lady then refers to the dog as his son as her son yes. percy asks um did you just refer to that chihuahua as your son and she corrects him chimera dear not a chihuahua it's an easy mistake to make but she doesn't correct him on the sun part, just yes. the type of animal that it is. And so she rolls up her sleeves to reveal that she has scaly green skin. And when she smiles again, Percy sees this time her teeth are not just sharp, but are in fact fangs. And her pupils have changed to sideways slits like reptiles. So it's monster time, everybody. Monster time. Cue the music. Yeah. Um, we're not adding music Monster again. Mesh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And so the dog starts to grow to the size of a lion and the bark becomes a roar. And the poor mortals are trying to get towards the exit. And I do wonder, like, they should have they should have a, some stairs, right, that they can go to. You can't only have the elevators your only means of access. There has to be something else, right? I'm going to look that up. Oh, you're looking that? Okay, while you do that, I will continue to talk and we'll circle back to this. So the Chimera is so big that it is as tall as the room that they're in with its back rubbing up against the ceiling. It has the head of a lion. Oh, Lauren, Lauren's coming back with some research. Um, I'm sorry, I found it and then, ah, okay. There are 100 and, or there are 1,076 steps on the stairways of each leg and they are used by maintenance personnel only. Visitors are not allowed to walk up or down. You know what, though? If you're about to be murdered by some sort of demon creature, I think exceptions can be made. But there's a question of would they have, have the key to get in because those things are probably locked. Yeah, true. So um, Also, just because I like, I, I'm on like the frequently asked question of the Gateway Arch. It freaked me out when it's one of the frequently asked questions is, is the arch moving? And it says, yes, it is. It's designed to sway as much as 18 inches. It can withstand an earthquake. Um, but it usually doesn't sway. It takes a 50 mile per hour wind to move the top one and a half inches either each side of center. And I'm like, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, that is having terrifying. it move a little bit is 
very important structurally because if you have a building that's completely solid and can't move at all then it's more likely to be toppled by things like severe weather but if it has a little bit of a sway then it has some give and it won't be as impacted like look up galloping gertie for example if you want to have a fun time. not right now because we're busy but yeah. later later um oh also to answer to to go back to what Ameth was saying about how the windows are tiny and she would have made them bigger uh, apparently, according to this website, over 500 tons of pressure were used to jack the legs of the inch apart for the last four, for the last four foot piece to be in, inserted at the top. A larger window would not withstand that pre that pressure. Oh, well, there you go. So that's why. So Anna was just being a little uh, mm, about that. <laughs> well, everyone can say they want bigger windows until they find out that everything will crush on top of them. Exactly. Maybe she has some fancy Olympus magic. She could do it. Probably she does. But yeah. So, so back maybe to... she just never got a real education. <laughs> also that she has been she was seven. She was seven. Yep. And you don't really get a lot of building physics courses that exactly. are for education. Yeah. So back to the demon monster. It has the head of a lion with a quote, blood caked mane, which is always a fun little detail, fun little accent. It has the body and hooves of a goat and a serpent for a tail, not a serpent tail, a serpent for a tail. So we got parties at both ends <laughs> happening. Party in the just... front, party in the back. Yep, and both of them are terrifying. I also love that, so the dog collar is still there much larger now to where a person can easily read the plate attached it says chimera rabid fire breathing poisonous if found please call tartarus extension 954 i just love love um, that little detail yeah and this is i love the fact that apparently tartarus has a phone yes you can call them has a phone also the idea of the chimera getting loose and someone calling for it yeah. to be picked up and not just like, getting killed. I'm wondering if that's like for mortals' benefit because maybe it knows not to like actually attack mortals. So mm -hmm. maybe it's just going to mortals will like just see like a chihuahua with this on it, and they yeah. can like. But still, the idea of it getting lost and just out on the loose in the world because she seems like she has a pretty good handle on him most of the time. Oh yeah, yeah. And speaking of her, she finally explains a little bit more about what's going on and she says be honored percy jackson lord zeus rarely allows me to test a hero with one of my own brood i am the mother of monsters the terrible echidna and little note from this speech of hers she says lord zeus rarely lets her test heroes so that means she got permission for this and zeus is possibly wanting percy to get killed which is yeah well Perse Zeus believes that Percy is a lightning thief so he wants him dead to get the bolt back so he's like it's easier to get the bolt from his dead body than it is to like I guess mm -hmm. capture yeah. him or deal with it and since Zeus can't deal with him himself he has to use uh various other methods so he's using the chimera yeah I just I don't think this is something that's ever brought up again and I just noticed it for the first time when I was reading this chapter for today of this Zeus is the one that sent this after Percy. And she's like, oh, okay, that's that's a bold move. All right. And 
he's not even like trying to hide it like she's not trying to hide that she was sent by Zeus she's just like yeah. straight up like yeah Zeus sent me yeah I'm just like okay cool I guess everyone's just going for it these days yeah apparently yep and Percy does have the great comeback when she says that she is echidna of isn't that a type of anteater and I'm proud of him for knowing that I'm I really proud that. I, I didn't, didn't know that know either that. which is why I'm so proud I, I love how Percy just knows that knows a random type of anteater. Yes. For yep. funsies. And so, of course, that really upsets her. And so she lets the Chimera sort of charge towards Percy. So if you want to talk about this a little bit, I'll, I'll oh, I'm, and let you take over. I'm sorry. I didn't know it was my turn to talk again. Um, so... She says she hates people calling her that. She says she hates Australia for naming that ridiculous animal after her. And the chimera lunges. So Percy leaps to the side. He doesn't have his sword out at this time. So he finally gets it out, yells, hey, Chihuahua, because apparently he hasn't learned what the chimera is. It turns on him. And before Percy can even swing his sword, it emitting a stench like the world's largest barbecue pit, shoots a column of fire straight at him so Percy it can't fire breathe too that's not fair oh no nothing in Percy's life is fair mm-hmm. so Percy dives out of the way um all of a sudden there's a hole now in the side of the gateway arch so he's just blowtorch national monument on top of being a fugitive it's getting worse yes um, I do have a question about the chimera so I get the point of the lion and serpent parts those are pretty deadly pretty dangerous but the goat middle what does that add to the mix? Aside from just being a random thing the uh, Greeks came up with. Center of gravity. Hmm? Center of gravity. Oh. That way, you know, he can climb and stuff, in my opinion. That's what I'm assuming. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, climbing. That's, that's I can the, get on board with that. That is what I'm going with right now. Um, I came up with that two seconds ago. So we're but sticking you know with what? That. I support it. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, it is a weird, it is a weird thing. Um, it, it is a little weird how it's just all of a sudden it's just a goat. Um, okay, so back to it. So, um, Holton's on a monument, Blowtorch National Monument, Riptide is in his hands, Percy slashes up the neck. Not a good idea because it's wearing a collar. Mm-hmm. So he hits the collar. He stumbles back he's a little dazed a little confused and he forgets about the serpent tail he's a little too focused on the goat body forgets about the tail serpent tail bites him um and all of a sudden his whole leg is on fire because mm-hmm. you know on top of fire breathing the tag did warn him that it was poisonous so yes, it did it did um he tries to blindly jab riptide into the chimera's mouth but the serpent tail wraps around his ankles, pulls him off balance. The blade goes flying out of the hole in the arch down towards the Mississippi River. Yeah. And he knows that the, the blade comes back to his sword. But at this point, he doesn't really know how fast, how long, how far, or if it's going to work. Yeah, because um, he only tested it out that one time, really, with Kyron at camp. And it came back, but it was also... It, was it in pen form when he threw it? So he's not sure, like, if it's in sword form, will it come back? Will, will it even come back in his pocket as a sword, possibly? 
that would be unfortunate um so percy is a deadly poison there he's got no weapon he's barely standing at this point and mm-hmm. he starts backing towards the hole in the wall just because he's got nowhere else to go. Yeah. And and then Echidna yeah. says they don't make heroes like they used to, huh? And I'm like, he's had two weeks. Give him exactly. a break. He has had exactly. two weeks to figure this out. He is 12 years old. Maybe like take a chill pill, ma'am. Exactly. Um, Percy knows he's, he, he's beaten. He, there is no way out of this situation that ends mm-hmm. with him winning. So he might as well make sure that these people stay safe because i think this also shows his selflessness as well that he's dying and he's not thinking about himself he's thinking about these people around him and what can he do to protect them he's thinking like if i if i died right now would the monsters go away and leave the mortals alone like what what can i do to keep these other people safe exactly and then things that in my opinion things that weird and stupid Echidna then decides to like taunt him by telling him exactly what he should do to survive which is Mm -hmm. like if she really wants to kill him why is she not I don't know killing him right now why is she telling him how to escape yeah so she tells him that she yeah no you you finish and then I'll come in because she's telling him that if you really are the sun on the side you wouldn't fear the water so jump jump into the Mississippi retrieve your sword show that the water will not harm you, prove your bloodline. Yeah. Which is just like, she's giving, she, he didn't think about that before. He mm-hmm. wouldn't have done it unless she had told him. He would have stood there until he died. Yeah. Or at least like distracted the monster until he died so that way the mortals would be okay. Yeah. Well, I think, well, she follows that up with, you don't trust the gods, you have no faith. And she knows how like what a superiority complex the gods have. And if you don't follow them blindly, they're probably not going to like you. So she's thinking that if Percy isn't being faithful to Poseidon, it doesn't fully submit himself to Poseidon. Then Poseidon's be like, whatever, you don't support me. You don't worship me. I'm not going to be here to help you. You know? So she's thinking that if he's not fully giving himself to the gods, then the gods won't be there to save him this moment. And he's going to die either way. Exactly. But there's also the idea that if if he is the son of Poseidon, it's not like they can just take the power away. I mean, he's... I think, like- but I think it, it what this is going to require is a little bit of extra support. I don't think this is one that Percy could fully get through on his Maybe. own. Maybe. Maybe. Which we can talk um, about that more in a second. <laughs> I did research. So Percy, <laughs> Percy realized that she's right um, and Echidna says something that's really interesting. She, much like uh, Medusa, went with the root of it's better to die now. Yeah. She doesn't exactly say like you're a pawn, they're using you, but the the subtext is there. She's like, it's better to die now. Don't trust the gods. Well, she says, you don't trust the gods. I can't blame you. It's better for you to die now. And again, implying that he's just going to be used forever. Exactly. So I, uh, it's interesting how, and she is also in that situation where she's being used by Zeus. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of saying like, if I were you, I would take the easy way out right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Percy doesn't take the easy way out. He backs <laughs> towards the window, towards the hole in the wall, not the window, looks down at the water and remembers the glow of his father's smile. 
he must have visited when I was in my cradle. Mm-hmm. He thinks about the swirling trident uh, that had appeared over his head at Capture the Flag Remember when Poseidon claimed him. And though this isn't the sea, this is the Mississippi, he's thinking, I got to try. Mm-hmm. So he prays, Father, help me, turns and jumps, flows on fire because the uh, Chimera sent one last blast at him poison that he can feel coursing through his veins into his heart and he jumps to the river as the chapter title says plunging to his death yeah like that's a pretty intense spot to leave it not only did the chimera blast fire at him it's at his face he's physically on fire jumping off of the arch and further back which we skipped over because it made sense at the time percy's like he read that jumping from too great of a height into water will start will feel like jumping onto solid asphalt and from this height he would splatter on impact so i decided to look that up and see what we're working with here the highest dive successfully completed by a human being aka they didn't die by attempting it was by a swiss diver in 2015 of about 192 feet so currently that is the known limit of how high someone can jump into water and not die or be like horribly horribly injured and even experienced divers who know how to hit the water properly and not immediately injure themselves still often mess it up the arch is 630 feet tall also lauren if you would please look at the picture i sent you before we'll put this on our instagram so other people can see it too the arch unlike the way rick describes in this book is not directly over the water there is a there's a wooded trail there's a parking lot area there's a beach it is a significant horizontal distance that percy has to cover in addition to vertical you are so right (laughs) it is not it's not directly over it's not like a dock of jumping off a dock into water that's 630 feet up it's you got to cover a lot of land too but wow. sure, he's just going to jump into the water. Apparently. Apparently. I mean, I guess you can imagine it's like I did those not even movies realize that. where someone has to jump between like two cliffs and they run and they did it slow motion. They're like kicking their legs through the air. And they somehow miraculously do it. I guess that's what this is. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. Or maybe, who knows, maybe the rest of this whole series is Percy as a ghost. Maybe, maybe he just <laughs> dies right here. That's how they get to Hades in time. Yeah, they Take pull a, a diversion and switch the narrator on you. <laughs> He's so pissed at that. I am still so mad at those books for that. But it's... I got I got that spoiled for me. Mm. And I was like, it can't because it's in her point of view. And then yeah. I opened the last it's book like a, and it was like, like a... all of a sudden it's like Thor's point of view. And I'm like, oh, it's dang, like an unwritten right. pact that you have with authors that write first person books. And the problem is because she immediately, because the last book was split between point of view, you thought- okay, you should have, Yeah, you should have known. Gonna, yeah. We're not gonna yeah. get into this because that is well, the wrong we, book Should we put a spoiler on this episode now for that? <laughs> we might <laughs> have to. The last five minutes will spoil the Divergent series if you it's, haven't read it already. It's 2021. If you haven't read the Divergent series, you're, you're not probably going not going to. to. <laughs> um, all right. Well, anyway, thank you so much for listening to our uh, Taylor Swift Divergent uh, podcast. Next a episode, Percy Jackson on the side. A little bit of Percy Jackson on the side. Next episode, chapter 14, 
I become a known fugitive is a small one, I believe. You know, so, I'm sure we'll find a way to make it incredibly long still. Like exactly. we always do. We, we like definitely will. Super long as far as pages. Yeah. But <laughs> it was still a good decent length episode. Well, thank yeah. you so much for listening. Have a good one. Please rate, subscribe, like us, follow us, all that fun stuff. All that. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Uh, and this was the Accidentally Made Press Start Podcast. Bye. Bye. everyone it's Lachlan again thanks for listening to another episode of we accidentally vaporize our podcast Lauren told me to tell you to follow our one and only social media account at accidentally vaporized pod on Instagram to get updates about when we post a new episode to learn more about Lauren and I and anything else we might come up with see you there soon